0: Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it's another cool trick. But this time it's an actual trick, not a magic trick. Or this time it is a magic trick. Not like reverse psychology last week, the mind trick. Maybe you've seen this trick done in person. Maybe you've done it yourself. I've only ever seen it done on television. I'm talking about the old pull the tablecloth out from under the dishes without disturbing anything on the table trick. So you probably know how it works. There's a table, white tablecloth, some glasses, maybe a vase of flowers, plates, bowls, flatware. And then the magician comes along and somehow in one quick sweeping motion whisks the table right out from under the set table And nothing on the table is disturbed. Everything's right where it was before. Yesterday, when nobody else was here, I tried it. With that table and white tablecloth in the narthex. Now, I didn't have a lot of confidence that I could actually do it. So I took everything currently on the table, off the table, and put on there just one big plastic unbreakable bowl from the kitchen. But with that one bowl on there, I grabbed that tablecloth and in one quick sweeping motion yanked it, and the bowl spun around and fell onto the floor. It didn't work. Three times it didn't work. I guess I'm not a very good magician. The reason I mentioned this trick and my failed attempts to replicate it is the gospel reading this morning. I submit to you that Jesus apparently is not a very good magician either. Jesus' disciples approach him as we heard, as they do from time to time in the gospels. And they already have everything arranged on the table. Jesus' disciples already have everything arranged in their minds. They have everything already figured out. And they ask Jesus a question. A really bad question. Who, Jesus, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest in the reign of heaven? Who, Jesus, is the greatest in your kingdom? Now, Jesus' disciples are doing what they do in other places in the Gospels. They are playing the game, the comparing game, the competing game, the jockeying for position with Jesus game. Now, we don't know because the text doesn't tell us by what rules the disciples are playing this game. We don't know because we aren't told what the disciples were thinking as to how to gauge greatness, how they were gauging greatness. Maybe it was for them who had had the most private conversations with Jesus. Maybe it was who had sat closest to him at table the last time they had eaten together. That was kind of a big thing in the first century. Maybe it was who most closely followed Jesus' teaching on doing righteousness. Or maybe it was which among them had done the most miracles. Back in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus had given the twelve authority even to raise the dead. Maybe it was one of those rules. Maybe it was some other rule we don't know. But Jesus' disciples were playing the game. The compare game. The compete game. The jockey for position with Jesus game. But Jesus is not interested in playing their game. Jesus is not interested in being a magician. And Jesus is definitely not interested in letting his own disciples continue in their utter folly. So, Jesus pulls the tablecloth and everything goes flying because it is time to shake up the universe of his disciples and teach them about how it really is now that God has come into his world to reign and to be king in Jesus. Jesus puts a child in their midst. And he refuses to answer their question about greatness, at least at first. He puts a child in the middle of them and says, Greatest. You want to know about greatest? Let me tell you something, boys and girls. If you don't turn and become like children, you won't even get in. Can you hear the sound of the glasses flying and breaking? The vases being overturned and shattering on the floor and everything being rearranged? become like children. What does Jesus mean by that? Does that strike you as an astonishing thing for him to say? If it doesn't, then you're probably thinking like a 21st century American, which would only be natural. But a 21st century American who thinks that children are somehow positive role models for adults. You know, all I really need to know I learned in kindergarten. If you could go back in time and say that to a first century Palestinian like those disciples, all I really need to know I learned in kindergarten, he would probably say to you, probably in Aramaic, something that would loosely translate as, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What were children in that culture? What were children in the ancient world? They were weak. They had little to no social status. And they were without understanding, which is why you have to train them up, as the proverb says. Children have no power, and they cannot care for themselves, and they don't act or make decisions based on wisdom most of the time. All of which is why the prophet Isaiah, in the third chapter of his prophecy, can depict God's judgment against the nation by suggesting that children will become their rulers. Children are not capable, and they are gullible. You can use reverse psychology on them. And they cannot provide for themselves. They are totally dependent on the care of others. In other words, children... Are little kids. And they are not great, not in the way the disciples are thinking. But if the disciples of Jesus want to come under the blessing of what God is doing in Jesus the King, then they need to get this straight. Away with the comparisons, all of them. Away with the competing, all of it. Let go of the status, lose the resume, forget about your skills and works, and be needy, lowly, utterly dependent children. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? Become like children. It means a couple of things here. First, Jesus is calling his adult disciples to repent, to come to a new way of thinking, a new way of thinking that acknowledges that they are as needy and dependent on the mercy of God as a child is dependent on others for life itself. Not in a self-pitying kind of way, not as a kind of spiritual one-downsmanship, where we all race to the bottom and argue about who's the most needy, but rather to see that throughout the entire life of discipleship with Jesus, there never comes a time when in terms of our relationship with God, we cease to be dependent children. If you approach Jesus with something in your hands something to show Him what you can do, something to show Him what you have done for your salvation, you'll be sent away empty. But if you come to Him with nothing, like a child, then you will enter and receive everything He has to give. The second thing this means is that as we live under the blessing of the reign of God in Jesus, we are to look at one another with new eyes and realize that when we see a fellow disciple who is struggling, hurting, alone, new, least informed, in the middle of one of life's many grave crises, go after him, care for him, seek her. Bring her back. So, pick your own favorite gauge for greatness. Jesus overturns them all. Sends them all flying. Jesus shatters them all. And calls you and calls me and calls any adult who would follow him, or child, to be a child. And in this case, that doesn't mean trusting or innocent. Here it means small and needy and utterly dependent on Him. It means I no longer look at myself. I no longer look at what I can do. When I look, I look for the reign of God. I look to Jesus and I say to Him, I can't. Those are the words of a child, are they not? I can't. I can't fix myself, I can't make it go away, I need you. I need a savior to protect me, to forgive me, to save me from my sin, to save me from my death, to save me from myself. Jesus came for people just like us, struggling people, needy people, dependent people, Today, some sorrow or loss or fear means that you are the greatest. Tomorrow, it will be someone else. But this is the great upside down and backwards, reverse, opposite, unexpected way that God sees things and does things in His kingdom. For those who would compete and compare and jockey, Jesus has nothing but to the lowly he reaches down and he cares for and he dies for and he rises for and he comes again for his children. For us. And then, cared for, we turn and seek out the greatest in our midst and care for them, care for one another, in his name the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit